Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. of texts about the Starbucks training that might be a little different than the uh, segment we just did. All right, then. You know, you know what's you know what's interesting is if you threw out the Starbucks training idea to a, a group of a, a, a random five thousand people, there'd be at least a, a significant chunk of that crowd anywhere in the country that would think it was stupid. But the media never touched on it, if, even being a possibility. Mm-hmm. Of it being stupid or unneeded or an overreaction or whatever, yeah. yeah. Never even, never even, uh, uh, you know, brushed up against it as a, you know. Some may think this. At least I didn't hear that, right? No, even though, of course not. You know, you take a random mm-hmm. roof full of people. There'd be some people, maybe half, maybe a third, whatever, that think whatever, bogus. Because we got a bunch of PR, texts, et cetera. We got a text from uh, somebody said it's it's virtue signaling at the highest level. 
Certainly some, some of that. that. Sure. Got this. Well, they got a, a reputation to protect. Now, unless you believe this person is lying, this is an, you know a different experience than our reporter had. And you have to wonder about uh, selectiveness in both cases. Right. Uh, I have a son, 19, and a daughter, 17. They work at two different Starbucks in the Seattle area. They both came home last night saying it was dumb and a waste of time. Yeah. My son said it was like they wanted you to feel guilty for being white. He and his co-workers stuck around after the meeting and talked about how stupid it was. Right. My daughter said they watched 21 different training videos. That was my objection. 21. That I didn't. Four hours. Ah! I didn't enunciate it very well because we were pressed for time, but that was my objection to our reporter friend having talked to district managers. Because they're going to spout the company they line. Are. They're they trying have to, cl- to trying to climb the line, climb the ladder in a great company. They're speaking on the record of the Washington Post <laughs> as managers. It please. was dumb and a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. you're what not a crock of crap. Yeah, it, it was too long. Nothing relevant actually happened. It was activity being mistaken for achievement, and that sounds like every single other office meeting I've ever been to. I don't Absolutely. know why. Like every office meeting is an overreaction and meaningless. Like I, I would agree. This seems like just par for the course for corporate America. I, I liked would agree. my Starbucks training. All right, everybody, pipe down. Somebody's doing something in the store and they're a black person, ask yourself, how would I handle this if they're a white person? Then do that. All right, go back to pouring <laughs> milkshakes, masquerading as coffee. Don't be mean to people because of the way they look. And All right, clean, through here. clean the bathroom every 15 minutes because there's a lot of homeless people like washing a, their junk ne- in there. Every 10 minutes. <laughs> Maybe after every person. Yeah, well... I've 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 gone to some sensitivity trainings, some sexual harassment trainings, and everybody afterwards talked about how dumb it was. Right, and there Except have been studies for people yes. in management, right, who act like it's fantastic. <laughs> and most studies have, have said that sexual harassment training leads to more sexual harassment, not less. But your lawyers get to claim they trained you, so if you sexually harass somebody, it's on the individual and not the corporation. That's why those things exist. Now, old well, Howie Schultz. Yes, Sean? I'm curious if those Starbucks employees who say, you know, this is a four-hour waste of time, would you have rather been making coffee for the general public those four hours? If you got paid for it, it probably didn't make any difference. You you can't tip them, so. Yeah, this is silly, but I would say it's probably a better day of work than, than, you know, slaving over the bean. Right, right. I could see that. And, you know, young people are cynical about everything, but. Slaving over the bean. (laughs) Slave for the bean. Uh, but what was I going to say? The corporate, the sexual harassment training, Starbucks. Oh, Howard Schultz. You know, the one thing that I, I thought sounded kind of cool was he said he got the idea for Starbucks when he wandered into a uh, a cafe in Europe somewhere. And it was like super laid back and welcoming. And, 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 and he thought, wow, this is a really cool vibe. I wonder if I could recreate this vibe. Mm-hmm. And so. And that's, and that's the appeal of Starbucks is, is right. the vibe. Do I feel welcome? And he may have perceived, turns out some people don't in my stores. Mm. And that runs counter to my very ideas. So let's see if we can do something about it. So, you know, I'm, I'm a skeptic. I'm not a cynic. I believe his heart was probably in the right place, at least mostly. Having said that, most corporate training is stupid. Yeah, no doubt. But, you know. I, ju- I, just, I just find it interesting when you know a lot of people thought it was stupid, how all of the media reporting is how it, how wonderful it was. Right. Why wouldn't you have anybody at least throw in? Because there's no upside. Mm, I you, you don't want to seem like you're okay with racism. I, do you really? Yeah. How, how many people work for corporations? You think everybody... Thinks you're clearly a racist if you were to say uh, corporate sensitivity training is often stupid and a waste of time. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Every-
everybody'd say, yeah, that's been my experience. And I, I will fully talk to all my friends and coworkers about how much of a waste of time and stupid this is, but I doubt I would tell a Washington Post reporter no. that this was a waste of time Especially and stupid. Especially if I'm a district manager hoping to be regional manager. Right. right. But it does, does go to show the media's absolute commitment to that point of view, that they won't even acknowledge that, you know, there is some dissent, dissent some suggestion maybe of overreaction. A, maybe a lot. A lot of employees rolling their eyes till they had headaches. But if yeah, nobody tells right. that to her, well, then she, she would know. Yeah, I don't. Should ask us. <laughs> <laughs> no, she wouldn't know. But how do how do they just not intuitively know? I didn't interview any baristas. I just intuitively know how people react to corporate training because <laughs> right. I've been in enough of it. Because you have life experience. Maybe that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we get the, we used to get these texts a lot. I'm only bringing this up uh, this one time for uh, to make a point. Was she up talking? Yes, she was up talking, but. I don't, we don't make fun of it anymore. At least I don't make fun of it anymore. My kids talk like that. All their friends talk like that. It's just the way people talk now. And Irish people, they talk like that. Why it changed? I don't know. It just did. In my lifetime, it went from uh, you end a sentence by being lower in your pitch. Yes. Unless it's a question. Right. To it always being going up in pitch. Right. Question or not. It just changed. It did? I don't know why. (laughs) Why? My kids, their stories are just a. So there was this kid at the schoolyard, and he came over and he threw a rock. So I went over to the, you know, it's just the way they talk. I already want to kill you. <laughs> um, vary your inflection. It makes it so much vary more enjoyable. Vary your inflection. Exactly. And volume. <laughs> it makes it so much more enjoyable for the listener. There, there are times my wife, who I adore, will be telling a story, and then she says to me that if you want to, you could go do this. And by the third time, I, just, I don't even care what you're talking about. Vary your inflection, please. So whether it's up talking, down talking, flat talking, curving to the right talking, just vary your inflection. Did you see the Will Ferrell bit on Saturday Night Live where he was a guy who couldn't control the volume of his voice? <laughs> that God, that was funny. Very Will Ferrell-esque. It started dumb and got hilarious, like most of his bits. Right. Because... He is a genius for just keep keep trying it until you make it funny. Right, exactly. <laughs> He's always funny. got another gear. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he will he will keep shifting gears until it's funny. But yeah, that was funny. I have another fast food story about Chick Fil A uh, paying way above minimum wage. Okay, because the government made them. No, because they thought that would be a good thing to get better employees. Does In and Out pay? Above minimum wage. The old they, yeah, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> They've got to because, I mean, I haven't been in a Chick-fil-A, but I'm in, in and out fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a different world. Yeah. Chick-fil-A is a lot like that, too. They have great just, employees. Just the way they treat you, the way they hustle back there. The, somebody's always cleaning everything. It's just it's a different world. You get better employees by paying more. That's just the way it works. Right. But you only do that if you want to. If you want to go with the rock bottom costs model of doing business, you get to. In my world, anyway, pretty obvious when you got when you're at one of those places where they pay a little more. I mean, it's just so incredibly obvious. Speaking of uh, pay, a Louisiana televangelist says that God told him he needs a brand new fifty-four million dollar jet. Wow! And his soft, soft-headed the supporters are sending uh, him money. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that because I haven't gotten into the racket yet. There's still time. I'm just jealous. Still time. It'll be his fourth jet, by the way. Wow. Yeah. Good for him, I guess. They've got a zillion tons of coffee in um, Our text line, 415-295-KFTC, if you uh, know a barista.
Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. No potato juice. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. No, no, no. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Get to. We already touched on the gang of pervs that was touching the little girls inappropriately at a Roseville, California water park. Went big on that during the 7 o'clock hour. Cops are investigating. Justice will be done, I pray. Got more on the televangelist, numbskull. Some, well, he's not a numbskull, as most of his followers are. But Somebody went to a Starbucks this morning and said the employees were super friendly and using my first name way too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there'll be, a, there'll be a, a hangover from that. You know, we should have talked about this earlier in the show. Big uh, fracas in uh, Portland. Bakery in Portland fired employees after they declined to serve a woman who came in after they were already closed. She was a professional equity activist, took out a video camera and claimed she was a victim of racism. We'll get to that tomorrow. Flows rather nicely from the Starbucks story. So I don't know this televangelist, Jesse Duplantis. Do you have a picture of him? I know some of them look like. I don't know their names. Yeah, maybe... uh, yeah, Hanson, thanks. Yeah, throw it up on the big screen there. I flip through the uh, Jesus channels fairly regularly, and uh, every once in a while I come across some show I like, but most of them I just, they make my skin crawl. Yeah. I mean, they just, they just, they make me sad. Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's terrible. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on being more merciful. Oh, sad. Look at him. God, he just drips yeah. sin and lack of virtue. Yeah, anyway. you're, what's amazing is they're not just crooks. They're, they're like a special breed of evil crook in the business of... Oh, there he is in front of his jets. In the business of trying to claim that they're all about, you know, doing yeah. away with evil. Yeah, Jesus doesn't need their help, by the way. I'm not a professional theologian, but I'm here to tell you, Jesus doesn't need that guy to reach your heart. Um, but he told his uh, followers, God told him he needs a brand new $54 million uh, DeSalt Falcon 7X. It's a three-engine private jet that can carry up to 16 passengers at speeds of up to 700 miles per hour. And in order to fund that purchase, Duplantis is acting as vic- his viewers, I almost said victims, that's funny, uh, from around the world to make donations. Uh, God was very specific about that model of jet. This would be the fourth in his fleet. In a video posted last week, Duplantis said, I really believe that preachers ought to have every available outlet to get this gospel preached to the world. That's amazing. I hope there's a help. So he made some sort of argument that he wants to spread the word to to places all around, and the only way he can get there reasonably is in that plane. And people said, okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I just, I, I, I'm tempted to be contemptuous of his followers, his uh, contributors, and I am, but I'm working on being more merciful, and I guess people just don't have life experience or haven't been hipped to the fact that these people are, are liars and snake oil salesmen and thieves. I just, I can't believe they're that dumb. But their brand of Jesus is the same as the other guys. Why don't you go with the guy who's not asking you for money for a jet? These guys are good at their jobs. But, you know, here's here's an example. 
we have a lot of, they seem like really nice, sincere people writing us emails and saying, how is it any different what Roseanne said about Valerie Jarrett from what Bill Maher said about Donald Trump? Saying his, he wants proof that Trump isn't related to an orangutan because they have the same colored hair, and he's certain there's a genetic connection there. That's right, and he offered a million dollars. And Trump sued him, then withdrew the suit. People sincerely asking that, right. and and uh, my my inclination is to be dismissive or whatever. But instead of doing that, I will say, listen, it's a thing, as the kids say. Saying a black person looks like an ape or comparing black people to apes that has enormous historical baggage. It's way, way uncool. Saying a a white hotelier has hair that's reminiscent of an orangutan's, that isn't a thing with enormous historical weight. That's the difference. And, uh, And that's difference enough. A couple other points, too. The reason why Bill Maher is currently on HBO, his original show, Politically Incorrect, used to be on ABC. When he got too politically incorrect, they fired him. He went to HBO. HBO not advertising-based. They don't have the same sort of pressures right. that ABC does to, to cave towards True. social trends. Although what Bill Maher said was that the U.S. were cowards after 9-11 because we dropped bombs instead of the gutsy, gutsy hijackers sacrificing themselves. I don't think any network on Earth would have kept them around for long. Right, and I, right, but I'm but, saying that, you know, networks can op- <clears throat> operate differently, but ABC sure. also fired Bill Maher, so they, right. you know, there's... He should have survived that in retrospect, but at the time it just seemed like something he couldn't say. Yeah, I guess I'm for private people, enterprise. I'm for people to... being able to say practically everything. But nobody has to employ them. Yeah. No. You know, I'm, I'm fine with ABC firing them, or, or firing Roseanne, for that matter. If it was good business... And uh, and it was, you know, legal within the context of her contract. All right, fine. If it's bad business, somebody will pick it up and make zillions of dollars. Maybe C will feel like asses. Um, but I guess we have to see. But, yeah, I, uh, I, I am crazy sympathetic toward, I think, your ultimate point, which is the culture of whipped up, feigned outrage and how people always have to lose their jobs if you don't like what they say. I mean, that's got to stop. That's got to slow down. Stop making people pay with their careers because you're vaguely annoyed. I'll actually, or want your friends to know how annoyed you are so you can signal your virtue. I'll actually be, I'll be interested to hear what Bill Maher has to say about the Roseanne thing Friday night, since he's been through this before himself. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> and he's he's called for not boycotting Sean Hannity or Rush Limbaugh, even though he, he hates those people because he's not for people losing their jobs over saying things that are unpopular. Right. Um, Neither are we, for that matter. Rather staunchly in that corner. I get why ABC fired her. I'm not sure they had any choice business-wise in the current environment. Um, and what she tweeted was incredibly stupid. Well, she's, a, she's a, I think she's crazy. Yeah, she is. Well, she's absolutely pretty, fairly crazy, maybe totally nuts. And I believe her, she was on Ambien in the middle of the night. But well, it's too hot, too hot to hold. I know it was a dumb tweet, writes Richard in San Diego, but would Rosanna, uh, Roseanne be in this much trouble if she'd sent the same tweet about Condoleezza Rice? I would say there wouldn't be as much passion for it. Um, but, yeah, I think she'd be in pretty serious trouble. Don't you? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but, but there wouldn't be nearly as much enthusiasm. 
because uh, Condoleezza Rice was an evil, evil Republican. But, um, I just think it's a shame because there is a huge part of America that is underrepresented um, in popular culture that Roseanne's show represented. Well, that's why it was popular. In an affectionate they, and funny way. Not because they're racists and know she's a secret racist and we're all banding together to get rich. To or promote something. Donald Trump and his well, racist agenda. No, it had nothing to do with that. No, yeah, because it represented working class America and a lot right. of the attitudes. And, yeah. so it's and a she was shame. really good at that. Oh, yeah. And she's crazy, yeah. as a lot of artists are. Yeah. Yeah. This is a woman who ran with Cindy Sheehan for president, who's called for socialism, who believes every conspiracy theory that comes down the line. She's a cuckoo nut. Uh, But she did a brilliant job of portraying working class America with the help of her her writers and John Goodman, who's a genius and the rest. So I'm always confused by the. And the crazy lady who wore the pussy hat definition of racist. So does do, do you think Roseanne Barr believes white people are superior to black people and no. should have a dominant position in society? Because... No. I just think she says crazy ass all the time. <laughs> and some of it's offensive to, you know, well, a lot of what she says is offensive to somebody. In this case, it was black people, and they, you're going to pay with your job. Because most, you know, classic racists, like, you know, Klan members or whatever, they believe white people are superior to black people, and black people should have to be... You know, subservient to white people because they're or inferior, segregated, or whatever, segregated, yeah. and you shouldn't mix the races because the you know blah blah blah. I don't know that Roseanne believes any of that stuff. Oh, no, I bet you a thousand bucks she doesn't. It's hard to believe she missed the whole "don't say a black lady looks like an ape" thing, given her age. Are you racist if you don't care if you offend black people? Does that make you racist? No, it makes you insensitive. Not everything that is racial is racist. Uh, On the other hand, that was a stupid thing to tweet. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Got an update. President Trump breaking his silence on the Roseanne controversy. We've got another airline apologizing for its treatment of a passenger and her baby. And supply and demand really in play in the West. 18 bucks an hour for fast food workers. Oh, yeah, I got an article about that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that conversation. It's pretty interesting. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. played this clip that's getting a lot of rounds. Valerie Jarrett just happened coincidentally to be on a racial forum show last yeah. night. That was just a coincidence. Well, first of all, I think we have to turn it into a teaching moment. I'm fine. I'm worried about all the people out there who don't have a circle of friends and followers who come right to their defense. That's a woman, uh, an Obama advisor who Roseanne Barr blasted in the, in the tweet. And I was happy to hear her say, I'm fine, but then, you know, get into the other topics as opposed to the shaking hands, crying, I'll never be the same reaction that sometimes we get when there's a racial, homophobic, sexist, whatever comment made and people act like their lives have been ruined. Right. I appreciate her saying, I'm fine. I'll be all right. Yeah, I'm stronger than that. Yeah. You know, and I'm preaching that all the time, the youngsters especially. Quit acting like everything that happens to you is a catastrophe. Be stronger than that. Be better than that. Be so strong that somebody can be an a-hole and it rolls off you because they can't they can't control how you feel and how you react 
So quit acting like they can. On the other hand, somebody sent us this. This Monique Judge, the journalista, said something unmistakably racist about Ben Carson uh, last October. I mean, it was way... I'm I'm not even going to say it out loud. Um, But because she's a lefty journalist and he's a black Republican, everybody yawned and moved on with their lives. So... Um, it's the world you live in, though, and you have to be smart enough to know it. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Meanwhile, after no comment about the whole Roseanne Barr dust-up, President Trump has chimed in this morning, tweeting, Bob Igor of ABC called Valerie Jarrett to let her know that ABC does not tolerate comments like those made by Roseanne Barr. Gee, he never called President Donald J. Trump to apologize for the horrible statements made and said about me on ABC. Maybe I just didn't get the call. End of tweet. Well, white billionaires is not much of a protected class. No, no. But remember Barack Obama? He would he would call and hail a gay basketball player for his heroism. And then, you know, somebody would be hurt in battle or something like that, and they weren't worthy of a call. It's all PR. It's all virtue signaling and rallying your coalition. Southwest Airlines apologized to Cal women's basketball coach Lindsey Gottlieb after she claimed an airline employee stopped her from boarding because they didn't believe her one-year-old biracial son was hers. What? Gottlieb tweeted a desk agent wouldn't let her on a Sunday flight from Denver to Oakland because her son had a different last name. However, the coach of the University of California, Berkeley, said... She believed it was indeed because he has a different skin color. How did they know the one-year-old had a different last name? I don't remember when I was flying with a one-year-old. Don't you have to uh, prove uh, have some you sort of show I- the baby's driver's license? Yeah, or some sort the, of ID. Yeah, I don't remember. Did she have a seat for the one-year-old? Because if you don't have a seat, you don't have to give any name. I don't know. Whatever the situation was. I, I, you know, I, I tell you this. We went through this when we were going to travel... Um, I think we were just going to Mexico with Little D, but we had to fill out various paperwork that we both agreed to it, and the rest of it is that nobody was whisking our child right. overseas with uh, over one parent's objection. I had a friend who had a crazy wife from a certain Islamic country who tried to whisk their kid overseas, and so it happens. Right. So I, I just... You know, I, I hesitate. Could this airline employee? Uh, I mean, this uh, who is this person from UC Berkeley? Yes, uh, they're Liz- dying to be to be discriminated against. Yeah, Liz- you know that. Yeah. right. Whenever I fly, uh, on, the, on the other hand, that airline employee was was trying to protect the baby. Maybe they were wrong. Maybe they were misguided. The right. rest of it, but their motives were to protect the baby from something that might be funky. But yeah. they always question my kids on their name because they're at the age where I have to give a ticket. And then my youngest especially gets a little nervous. And he, I always think if he doesn't answer quickly enough, like, like I made him memorize a fake name, are they going to whisk him away? Or what, what's going to happen? <laughs> if, if, yeah. if a little kid can't remember his last name, what happens then? Are you not allowed to fly? They put him in in Donald Trump's uh, the chain link fence child camps that we saw pictures of. <laughs> yeah, as, as Joe was saying, a number of Twitter users responding to the story said, yeah, yeah, there's been a lot of precautions put in place to avoid a child trafficking situation. Right. So that could it could have been bumping up against that. <clears throat> and listen, I'm, it was uncomfortable, I'm sure. I'm, I feel bad for the lady. She's got a biracial kid. That yeah. was a little weird, but... Again, if people's motives are good and they're nice people and they do something that you don't like... You need to sue them. Exactly. That was my point. 
In order to hold on and to call it, them racists. In order to hold on to its workers, a Chick-fil-A in Sacramento, California is now paying $18 an hour. Experts are saying now in an era of record low unemployment, restaurants are struggling to not only fill jobs but retain workers. So a number of them in high price. Eighteen area. bucks an hour to work at Chick Fil A or yeah, In and wow. Out. Wow. Or this is Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. Yeah, this is Chick Fil A. But a number of uh, restaurants, uh, especially in the high priced areas, are offering twelve to thirteen bucks an hour to start. Mm. Eighteen bucks an hour could be setting a new threshold, but the owner thinks the raises are going to be a wise business decision because it'll build staff morale and consistency. Are we allowed to moonlight? Like, could I pull a shift at a Chick Fil A? In the afternoons? Yeah. I, I don't think know what our we have to ask is. permission. I did like two hours or something. You can't do a Chick-fil-A radio show. I know that. Okay. Yeah, Chick-fil-A is also offering you. I can meat. make a little sandwich, put a pickle on there. Oh, I love their sandwiches, <laughs> oh, too. Yeah. Woo, man, that's some good chicken. Chick-fil-A also offering nearly $15 million a year to their employees for college tuition. Yes. Got some so. waffle fries. <laughs> nice iced tea. Love Chick-fil-A. I'd Shout get, out, Chick-fil-A. Uh, I'd get fired for eating what I cook. Yeah, right. oh, oh, boy. We've got 25 customers waiting for their orders. What's <laughs> happening back here? I'm sorry. I just got to keep eating everything. I, cook. I cook one. That looks good, and I eat it. Then I saw you think I'll make another one. Then I eat that one. Weezer released a cover of Toto's Africa after a teenage fan. Okay, so I've been meaning to ask Sean about this. Yes. I've read that Africa has made some sort of ridiculous comeback. The song I, I from Toto song. Africa. Yeah. Toto is beloved. Yeah. It's going like, to take a lot to drag me away from you. I love that song. It's, it's on fire right now yeah. for some reason. Because ah, <laughs> it's a great song. hundred and, and something else I'll never do. And so Weezer decided to do. A teenage fan had been pressing the group for months on social media to record this song. So Toto decided, all right, we'll do a cover of Rosanna. And they Wait put that out. Toto? Or Weezer. No, uh, Weezer, no, Weezer, I'm yeah. sorry. Weezer released a cover of Toto's Rosanna on May 24th, but the teen was not satisfied. <laughs> so now, Rosanna. So Rosanna. now the group has rolled out Africa. that song when it was more or less new as a young disc jockey. I yeah, still don't know the words. I always sang A Hundred Men on Mars Would Ever Do, but that's not nah, what it is. That's incorrect, sir. <laughs> incorrect. Oh, by the way, all the American media was going absolutely uh, cuckoo bird uh, yesterday over the fact that a K-pop album right. had debuted at number one, as if we don't have enough sugar-coated pre-fab crap pop music in this country. Now we're importing somebody else's. Fine. fine. I, I do believe the, the source of the total resurgence can be traced back to the, the wonderful television show Scrubs, where one of the main characters was very much a fan of it and had a lot gotcha. of okay. mentioned it and was featured in a lot of different scenes. Okay. So is Toto making some money off of this then? I, I would so. assume, yeah. But Scrubs hasn't been a thing for like a decade. No, but the... But the yeah, binge watch era of people circling back and catching up on shows. That's true. There's that. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Hold the line! Bow, 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 bow. Love is it always. Uh, come on, Michael. <laughs> So oh, Africa. I'm who, listening to Toto all day today. Whoever wrote the Toto songs, was he living kind of a okay life, and now all of a sudden he's got a yacht and a solid gold house? 
Exactly. In Africa. Because sure. college kids are jamming Africa at, uh, at frat parties. That's what I read in the New York Times. It's the thing. The song was inspired by a trip to Africa. It's Toto on Soft Rock 84. Was it inspired by a trip to Africa? I think it was. That's a geography yeah. teacher. Well, it wasn't inspired by a trip to India. <laughs> uh, the Peter Yout is coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I stopped an old man along the way. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Largest land mass on the earth. I hear the drums echo. I hear this song. All I think of is that dentist that shot Cecil the Lion. That's all I can think of. I saw a headline the other day what really happened to Cecil Keep the song going. We're going to get to the chorus this time. I saw a headline whatever, what really happened to Cecil the Lion. Okay. Did that come up again? I didn't actually read the article. So we got a bunch of texts as to why Toto's Africa is so popular all of a sudden. This is a great tune. It's it's timeless. It's not the reason. A great go-to at karaoke, too. Classic stuff. Oh, is it? Yeah. Everybody sings along with it. Win the crowd, win your freedom. Gladiator type stuff. Russell Crowe taught us that. Um, my 14-year-old son is obsessed with this song. I asked him why he said it's a meme. Okay, young people would say, it's hot because Minecraft gaming for kids features it. Okay. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Uh, some guy did a remix of it and has been seen by 20 million people. I don't know why. A hundred men from Mars could ever do. It's like... take a lot to drag me away from you. So, uh, we got this text. Hey, guys, as a guy who works in a record store, I can tell you Toto's Africa went from nowhere to being super popular in about three weeks. Mm. Don't even get me started on Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, which my niece is super into. The album? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's a wonderful album. And is that one you could explain just as art, it should always be popular. Toto's Africa, all of a sudden now. It's a great now, pop song. Why? Why now? It's, why they're, not? They're why home. not now? That's what I. Some men look at Toto's Africa and say, why? <laughs> I listen to it and sing along and say, why not? <laughs> I've, I've, like, uh, uh, an amateur hobby of mine has always been why things get popular. Sure. Bars and restaurants, clothes. Songs. I just. I'm always. I've always been interested in that. And if you can figure it out, you can become a gazillionaire. We interviewed the author of the book Viral. How it's, things achieve that status, the, the dynamics of it. I was thought, wow, this is the most important book I will ever read, and I just didn't get much well, out of it. Well, nobody fully understands it because if anybody actually did, you'd be the richest person on the planet. It was very much the focus of uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book Tipping Point as yeah. well, yeah. right? And that that Curly has got headed little freak. And that has got something to do with it. So Toto, for whatever reach it, reason, Africa reached the tipping point, and then and then it explodes into its own world of memes and popularity. Yeah, and then and, as that texture said, it just becomes a meme, and then it's yeah. it's its own thing. Yeah, yeah, that's something. Named after the little dog from the Wicked Witch of the West movies. I assumed, Wizard of Oz. I assumed that. Yes. I'm just, I'm, kid, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm working on my uh, DJ pattern. <laughs> my music <laughs> trivia. Um, uh, yeah, what was I going to mention? Oh. Being a classic rock, Jay, I could do that without waking up in the morning. Please. <laughs> 
be too easy. Do they play? They don't play Toto's Africa on classic rock. Sure. They do? Of course. Oh, what's really? It, what's At the it, time, it was mean? considered way too wussy to be considered a rock song. Oh, no. It's, it's the perfect blend of pop and balls. And geography. <laughs> and geography. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Did you uh, mention they were uh, from, I believe, Encino? I did not mention they that. They were a uh, valley band, I do believe. Toto. Is that right? Well, yes. yeah, they were Toto. a bunch of... Yeah. I remember, <laughs> as a hipster at the time, I remember that Toto was... Um, <laughs> Was it was uh, uh, slandered as merely being a bunch of studio musicians yep. at the time. The yep. Parcaro brothers, of course, Bobby Kimball. I'm ashamed of how much I know about Toto. Wow, I know Joe knows the names of the people in Toto. I know, I know all that stuff from that era, and I want to forget it, but I can't. <laughs> Very handy information to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, what kind of a knock? Would is you that? like to know all of the bass players from REO Speedwagon's uh, discography? Right. I can tell you, I won't, but I could. <laughs> I know. I can't get it out of my brain. (laughs) Um, I actually had a question about this. Uh, Toto, pop music, I don't remember what it was. Africa kind of wiped my mind. Lover Boy. I uh, haven't played that. Billy Squire related. I'll play that song for my kids and see if it immediately grabs them Mm -hmm. as something... Or if it's mostly you have to get into it through nostalgia. I'm pretty sure Little D loves it. Okay. And you remember she texted me from college, said, Dad, you know what's a great song? The Joker by the Steve Miller Band. <laughs> I said, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Funny. Alexa, play something stupid and idiotic to waste my time. Okay, here's final thoughts with Armstrong and Giddy. Thank you, Alexa. Siri would never be so disrespectful. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Oh, boy. Let's get final thoughts from everybody. Hey, Positive Sean, what's your final thought? I am fascinated by the story of the the staged journalist in Russia uh, faking his own death in order to catch the Russian plot to kill him. That's like right out of a Batman movie. I love stuff like that. Yeah, very cool. We'll uh, maybe have a link to that story. Folks want to read more about it. Michelangelo, final thought? Uh, Yeah, what's had a greater effect on your overall life happiness, Toto's Rosanna or Toto's Africa? Let us know at Armstrong and Getty Radio. (laughs) Why are you a quarter of the volume of everything else on the show? Are you trying to silence yourself because of your liberalism? Does that sound better? (laughs) I don't know. Marsha Phillips, your final thought? I got to tell you, I wiped out from my uh, three push-up effort yesterday, so uh, you know, as any good trainer will say, you exercise one day, take the next day off. That's precisely what I'm doing. I never said that. Uh, Jack, do you have a final thought? Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. Here's a woman who's 71 years old who just completed her mission of standing on her head in all 50 states. She's now done it in all 50 states where she stands on her head. She's been working on it for 10 years. So there's... There's a goal right there that there I might go. I there might get go. into. Can huh? she do uh, ten push-ups in a row? I think I've currently stood on my head in probably four states. So I got <laughs> I got a ways go. to go. My final thought is that I've been texting with my wife on and off throughout the show as her jihad against the ducks in our pool continues, far out of proportion to any actual danger or effect on our lives. But I love her, so I will support her in this this uh, war against ducks, which has already cost me several dollars. Shotgun would do it. Yeah, I think there are CCNRs in my neighborhood. I don't think you're allowed to hunt in your backyard. You can't hunt ducks in your own yard. I I thought this was America. I do have an air rifle, but I don't want to kill any ducks. You don't? Maybe I do. Mm. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Duck's going to fake its own death and frame me. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Got all those links for you. Stay in touch. Would you email us? Heated pool, duck soup. Oh, yeah. God bless America. 
This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. It's, it's gonna like... take a lot to drag me away from you. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. Every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.